But how should we respond in a, in a season of opportunity? You know, the, the, the thing that mitigates against you know, responding to God's move is, is a fear of, of lack, a fear of a lack of resources, an unwillingness to take risks. Uh, indeed, not wanting to step outside of our comfort zone. And this year is a good year to step outside of our comfort zone and try and do something new in the name of Christ. Felicity and I, immediately after the uh, next service, are going to be going up to Hull to celebrate with Hull Vineyard the opening of their new facility, which uh, is a warehouse, converted warehouse, an old B&Q warehouse. And we're delighted to be taking part in those celebrations this evening. But Hull Vineyard was our first ever church plant. And Jeremy and Elaine Cook, who lead it, were probably the most, amongst the most gifted leaders we've ever had in this church. And when we sent them out, we were not strong. We were only a church of 150, 200, you know. And to send our best leaders out to, to church plant and give them all the money that we could and give them, you know, one or two people went with them and, and to then resource and keep flogging up to Hull to do trainings, that was an enormous cost to us. Some of you will remember, you were here. That cost did not come easy at a time when many would have said, you don't want to be sending people out. What's the matter with you? You need to consolidate. You need to try and sort of set down roots. But we made a decision then that we would seek first the kingdom of God and the extension of it and his righteousness. And then we believed God that everything else that we would need would be added to us. And, and it was, it was Fliss and I being personal friends of Jeremy and Elaine for many years. And it was a personal loss as well as a church loss. But it was something we, we believed God was challenging us to do, to step outside of our comfort zone, to take a risk, because we believed it was a time, a season of favor to do that. And here we have Hull Vineyard, and they have planted six or seven other churches as well. And so the kingdom has been extended. That was a good call. That was a good call. And this is a good call when we try and do godly things in his name. So how are we to respond to all of this? It's all very well to pay big macro pictures, what's the micro mean? It, all, it actually all boils down to us, doesn't it, at the end of the day. I love what Joshua says to the children of Israel in, in Joshua 3.5. Let's just throw that up on the screen. Thanks, Karen. Joshua told the people, and they're on the brink of crossing the Jordan, and Louis, again, preached a great, a blinder of a sermon two or three weeks ago. Check that out if you missed it. And Joshua was just about to lead the people into the promised land after years and years of, of wandering seemingly aimlessly around the desert. Now that time had come to take the land. Now the time had come for harvest. The time of favor had come. The time to, to press on and to, to push on. And it wasn't going to be a breeze, but God was going to be with them. And Joshua told the people, consecrate yourselves. Consecrate means get yourself ready, but more than that, it means set your heart and your mind and your house in order. Why? Because tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. It's not a sitting back, oh, God said he's going to do that. That's so nice. I'm going to put that in my Bible. I'm going to put that in my journal. I'm going to get a highlighter. I'm going to mark it. That's not enough. It's about acting upon the promises of God, acting upon. You know, uh, it, it says in, in Hebrews 11.3, it says, without faith it is impossible to please God. You know that little parable I referred to where the guy just buried the gift to him in the ground, it was hidden away, got him a slap wrist and more. 
You know, it's a time, it's a season for making the most of this. And we need to, we need to examine our own hearts and say, God, you know, would you do that work in me? Let's just uh, turn, if you will, please, to 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 11 and 12. And I spent a lot of time in 1 and 2 Thessalonians and a lot of time in Colossians over the last few weeks. Uh, and this is just a little, a little teaching I want to just bring before we, 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 we draw the thing to a close. And just look at this with me then. And uh, 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 11 says this. And Paul, Paul is, is encouraging the Thessalonians whom he was very concerned about. He, he went as an evangelist and he got the work started, but then he was persecuted by folk um, you know, followed, who'd followed him from another town and they kind of basically meant that it was impossible for Paul to finish the task and he had to leave it to the Holy Spirit and he had to sort of basically run for his life essentially. And he found himself very anxious about what was going on in Thessalonica. So. If, Finally, he sent one of his trusted associates because he couldn't be seen there to find out what was going on. Were they all right or was there no church to speak of? And then Timothy comes back and says, it's all right, it's okay. In fact, they're going on from strength to strength. And Paul is absolutely overjoyed. He's absolutely thrilled to bits. He's, he's amazed. Oh, God, God, God. Holy Spirit, you, saw, you are so awesome what you've done in these folks. And so really, it's hard to know what to say to them. But this little theme that comes out throughout 1 Thessalonians and 2, there's other themes, but a little theme that comes out is where he keeps on saying, he says, live a life that is worthy. Live a life that is worthy. And that deserves a moment's explanation. Living a life that is worthy before God is not about living a life in order to, to, to attract his attention. It, it's not about... You know, living good, living right, leave, living well, you know, trying to pay your taxes, trying to be a good neighbor, trying to love your family, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, be, all these things. It's not about doing that, living a worthy life as a follower of Christ, in order to earn God's love and merit. We already have that. We already have his love, his favor, and his merit. But what it is, it's about living up to something. Since that's what we are, princes and princesses, a royal priesthood, live up to it. Behave like it. Step into that which you are. It does, you know, it does call for some discipline. It does call for, for some intentionality. And it certainly calls for you know, prayer and studying the word of God and being in connect groups and all these good things. But it's not about living a life in order to gain favor with God. It's about living up to that which God has already done for us. So Paul says this, with all of that in mind, we constantly pray for you that our God may make you worthy of his calling. He has called you. Live a life that is worthy of it. And that by his power he may bring to fruition your every desire for goodness. You know, when we begin to walk with Jesus, we find ourselves doing all sorts of extraordinary things. We find ourselves, God, God works on our heart, and we, we find ourselves beginning to aspire, beginning to long, if you like, to, to do that which God wants to do as a blessing. I've said it before, you know, when, when Felicity and I first started, you know, courting or going out together, or whatever you call it, you know, I would try and find out what would be a blessing to her. 
And I try and do those things because I wanted to bless her. I was in love with her and I wanted to bless her. And I try not to do those things, you know, that would not be a blessing to her. And I won't tell you what those were, but anyway. <laughs> but, you know, when you love someone, you, you, as time goes on, you, 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 you want to live a life that will, will bless them. So it is with God. It's not so weird, is it? You know, as we... As we walk with Jesus, as we begin to understand the grace that God has given us, so we find ourselves wanting to live a life that is worthy of his calling. And he prays, Paul prays, that, that by his power, God may bring to fruition in us, bring to fruition all those good things, those desires that he's put upon our heart to do. I mean, an obvious and rather banal example is next door, you know. Two years ago, God put it on our heart to expand that, expand this place and get ready for, and make room for God to do more. I believe God's going to bring that to fruition. Bless God. Thank you, Lord. And then the last little point I hear, and he says, uh, he, he wants God to bring, you know, to fruition every, every desire for goodness and your every deed prompted by faith. You know, there's nothing passive about that. God is, is going to sow into our, our, our hearts and minds um, ideas and things that we're, we're going to sort of be working on. I mean, I'm just looking out in the congregation and see Carol Pepper over there, Bob and Carol, who, who led our community choir for a while, did an awesome job. In fact, there are people in church, in this church now, who came to Christ through that ministry. But they've got this idea as part of our celebrations opening the place next door to kind of do a pop-up Messiah. I just love those kind of things. I've always wanted to be part of that, you know. And it gets a whole load of other people in, you know. We, we, we talk, we're in the very early of, uh, moments of discussing with the uh, National Blood Transfusion about u- using this place for their, they've approached us and using their place for, for blood donations. They, they say they get about 150 people coming in at every session and they're wanting to do it uh, once or twice a month. Well, that's, a, that's 150 other people who've never been in this place who will come in this place and they'll lie there bleeding. Uh, <laughs> is that what they do? You know, they slit their wrists or something. I don't know what it is. It's a bit, I, I hope they clean up after them. But they'll be lying there bleeding, thinking, what, what is this place? And we're going to have little sort of things to give them, little packs, welcome plaques, and thank them for their gift to the community, but also, did they know that such and so, you know. Uh, there's an opportunity there. Rich and I have all, uh, are already in the throes of, of looking about expanding our whole evangelistic thrust into the community. Now, many of you don't know this, and some do, that this whole place is built with that in mind. That's this whole our ministry and this building and everything about it is all focused on how can we draw people into Christ. If I told you, don't ask me to explain, but if I told you that the way the tiles are laid in the atrium are part of that, they were laid that way intentionally, uh, and it's all about drawing people into this place. It, 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 I won't go into the detail, but honestly, we've, we've thought about this. But Richard and I are sensing the Holy Spirit are really wanting us to sort of take up our evangelism this year because it's a year of opportunity. We've got to make risks. We, we've got to do these things. And so we're talking about that. There's a whole host of things, and you'll come up with a zillion better ideas than I ever will. And, and we just want to make the most of this year. We really do. So God, his prayer for us, Paul's prayer for us in Thessalonians, is that we may be found worthy of our call, 
that his power would bring to fruition every desire for goodness that we might become more like Jesus. Sounds like the watchman prayer, doesn't it? And thirdly, that God may accomplish every good deed that we do in his name. And there's a reason for that. Not just to be nice. We don't don't talk about kindness in this church. We talk about redemptive kindness. Using kindness as a way of of bringing people into that saving knowledge of God. We talk about redemptive communities. It's not just a bunch of people getting together like a social club on a Wednesday night. It's about how can we build a kingdom here? And about redemptive relationships. And I know this is a tricky one, but but Felicity and I, we've just moved into a new house and, and we're building friendships with people. I was lugging a shed around on an allotment on day after Boxing Day. I totally did my back in. But the reason I was doing that was because a neighbor needed a shed shifting, and so three of us, and I met some more neighbors, went up there, and in fact, Darren, who was leading worship, he was involved there. We both did our backs in together. And, uh, but the, and yeah, we want to do it because we want to be good neighbors, but the, for us, it's, it's not just being a good neighbor. It, it's about how do we build relationship so that, this, so that God can use everything about us. How do I build relationship with my car? club buddies, how do I build, not to, to enjoy them and to celebrate them and to listen to their stories, but also how do I do it so that there is a pathway, there's a means by which they can encounter Christ, because I'm no friend to them if I keep my, my, the most precious thing to me away from them. That's not friendly. That's not friendly. So this year is a year of opportunity and we hope to make the most of it. So what are we to do? We're to consecrate ourselves. We're to dedicate ourselves. We're to say, okay, God, you know me. You know my past. You know my present. Stuff I'm wrestling with. And you know the future. I can only guess. But Lord God, I want this year to get over myself I want to get over myself. Say that with me. I want to get over myself and live for you. And it all starts and finishes with a a deeper understanding. Paul says to the Thessalonians, I hope and pray that by his power, you may, that desire for goodness in you, to know who you are in Christ, what you're capable of in Christ, what resources are available to you in Christ. I hope and pray that that will come to pass. Be encouraged. Jesus said that God is the the author and perfecter of our faith. So, what I'm going to do today, by way of a little, by way of a little mentor, a sort of consecration thing, is I want you to just sit quietly for a moment. I'm going to pray. And then the AV team are going to run a little video. It's called Identity. And I just want you, as you sit there, get comfortable, be attentive, don't doze off, and just watch and read and make this little little film clip your prayer. And then afterwards, I'll maybe we'll call you forward, maybe we won't, I don't know, but we'll we'll finish off with some worship. Let me just pray. Heavenly Father, we want to say thank you to you because coming to this time, this place, is no accident. 
It's something you've been working towards and working for since before the dawn of time. And we pray now, Lord God, as we hear about these things and something within us wants to rise and do these things, may we not trip our own selves up through weaknesses or a lack of faith and understanding. May we be rooted in you as new creations. May we know that we have been saved and chosen and redeemed. And out of that bedrock, a bedrock based on faith in Christ and his work for us, may we accomplish and do great things in your name. And everyone said, Amen.